Now we're looking here in prayer and fasting, and we'll want to hit the next slide when it's talking about prayer. And I'm sharing a little bit of the backstory of this. So bear with me as I share through it. says, at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? Now, you know something? That's generally not the impression that you think to get when you come before Jesus. But he was just so frustrated at the fact that all they wanted to see was the miraculous. They didn't want to hear teachings. They didn't want to learn how to grow. They just wanted to see the big wow moments. And because of that, he's like, again, how long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. I mean, it wasn't that he was going to do it. He was just frustrated. He was like, Father, help them. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? I mean, we're following you. He says, you don't have enough faith. Okay, so I guess we need to go back to square one. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed. Have you ever seen one of them? I mean, take your hand and you look and you know, especially if you're older, you, you've got like these, these little wrinkle things in the hand. And you can lose seeds. I love to plant. I love to grow flowers and vegetables and such. We had decided to do everything from seed last year. And we, I remember pouring out some of these seeds. And I didn't know whether it was a speck or an actual seed. I remember Mama Nancy was helping me. And as we were doing it, we were like, okay, I think that's a seed. And then when we got tweezers, it was so small that it kind of kept missing the tweezers. That's how small that seed is. That's how little, little, little bit of faith you can have and how God can multiply it. But you got to give it to him. So many times we kind of want to hold on to it. But as we release things, God can begin to bring some things. And he says, move from here to there, and I would move. Nothing would be impossible. Can I hit the next slide? There we go. Now, I prepared this. I was raised, just so that you guys know, I, I'm one of the blessed people. My grandparents, and especially on my mom's side, as far back as I can remember, were all Christians. And so I was raised in a Christian household when I was eight years old. I accepted Jesus. I was spirit-filled when I was 12. Even in Episcopal Church, yeah, you know, that can happen. But I was so blessed because of that. But everything that I was raised on was King James. And they figured if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for everybody else. Thank you, I wonder how many would pick up on that one. So, I'm doing all the preparation, and my key verse is verse 21. Now, those of you who have your Bibles, especially if it's not a King James, take two seconds and look at chapter 17, verse 21. Because you know what? You're not going to find it. Some of it is not even listed. Others of it, it says empty. And I went through, the least they could have done was put a sailor in there. You know, like S-E-L-A-H, by the way. 
because that's what they would do with if you wanted to pause for a moment after you'd contemplated a psalm. You know, at least fill in the blank with a emoji or something. Nothing. <laughs> Completely missing. And not saying why that is, I just noticed I went through like about 10. And other than for the Catholic Bible and King James, I couldn't find it in any of the others. And I'm like, that's weird. But here's the actual scripture. It says, this kind is not cast out, but by prayer and fasting. Because you see, the combination of the two is really a powerhouse. I remember years back, before we actually had a church building, when I was back then, they didn't have ushers, they didn't have security, they didn't have parking, they had porters. And basically, we got there about 7 in the morning, and as soon as the trailer came, we opened it up, we set up things for the children's church, for the platform, what have you. Then we put the offering envelopes and everything else that needed to be on every seat. These seats are awesome, because you can just go boom, 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 boom. But those of you who remember back when, you had the elastic and you had to get it right on the arm and make sure it all lined up and was facing the right way. It's a lot of work, so for those of you who did all that and continue to do that, I honor you. Because it's, it's a lot of hard work. And there are some definite benefits to having your own building. And as we go through that, we begin to see, we've got to get a better signaling, but we'll work it out. This is my first time. There we go. Prayer very simply is communication with God. You begin talking with God. And again, as most of you know, I lost my daughter just recently. And for a lot of people, they'd be really mad with God. And I'm not quite sure where Aaron is. But on Wednesday night, he did a thing and he says, well, I want you to take a moment and tell God what you're angry about. And I thought, really? That was not a good day for me when I, uh, night for me when I got home. Because I'm, I'm sure each and every single one of you have just marvelously and miraculously gone through every aspect of the fasting. I found tucked away four Oreo cookies. <laughs> and I was mad with God and I was going to show him just how mad I was. Now there were four Oreo cookies and I could have done one of two things. I could have shared and figured like, well, I've got someone who's sharing the guilt with me. <laughs> and then I thought, no, the godly thing is to not let her know and to go into the bedroom and hoard that bugger. So that's what I did. And honest to goodness, if she would have stayed up, she'd say she had no memory of that at all. But, and I thought, mm-hmm, that really hurt God, didn't it? But it's difficult and when we have losses and we have things going in our lives, prayer, where we don't get the answer we want. I mean, we did all kind of spiritual warfare. We fasted. We believed. We stood everything else. And the answer was still, no, it's time for her to come home. Oh. Now, for a lot of people, that's it. I'm done. I've had it with God. I'm not doing this again. But you know something? As you spend time with God, he becomes your friend. As scripture says, closer than a brother. 
And because of that, even though I didn't understand, and to this day don't, I trust him. And I know he has my best interest at heart. And just like our fathers, I mean, my dad, there were days I hated him because I really didn't want to go to work. You know, he, he decided that about 11 years old was a good time to start working. Not 40 hours, mind you. I was only 36. But no. <laughs> just a part-time job, obviously. But it's like, my friends are out. They're going to go play basketball. They're going to do this. I got to work. Oh, so what do you do? What any normal kid would do, you play sick. I found out real quickly, we had the old thermometers, you know, the ones that had the mercury in it and everything else. Because again, we're talking the 60s and 70s here. And so at that point, there was nothing digital. You know, and the remote control was whatever child was the closest to the TV set. (laughs) And I mean, I was a remote control for my grandparents for years because they didn't want to get up to turn TV, say, hey, just switch it over there. Hey, switch it over there. So things have definitely changed nowadays, and some for the better. But what you do is you take the thermometer and you put it up against a light bulb. And you count to ten. I hope there are no young ones in here. <laughs> I'm teaching them bad stuff. <laughs> and then you pull away and you look at it and you, all of a sudden you have a temperature of 140. Well, that's a little high. <laughs> so you shake it down till you get it. Now, you don't want it to get too high where if, you, if they feel your forehead's like, this ain't matching up. Something's wrong with this kid. So I get it about mm, between 99 and 100. And, oh, and, say, and my mother goes... <laughs> Ken, he's sick, he can't possibly go to work. And my dad's like, yeah, right, he can go to work, and if it gets worse, he can go home, but his butt is going to work. And I'm like, I don't want him. And I was so angry and so upset with him. But you know something? He gave me a great work ethic. And I thank him for that. And I appreciate it. And that's how it is when we get things with Father God that don't make sense, that we don't understand. We know that he sees a bigger picture. We know that he's got our best in store for us. And that's why prayer is so important because you're talking, you're developing a relationship that is very individual. But this point is the biggest of all. Committed prayer aligns us with God's will, not our wants, needs, or desires. I absolutely love it when someone will come up and, and say to another person, oh, God told me you're going to be my husband and wa- or wife. Okay, that's good. I didn't get that memo, but I'll check with them. But as you spend time, as you develop it, you begin to change. The more time I spent with God, I mean, I'm an Englishman. We don't cry. That's just part of the DNA. But the more I spent time with God, the more I began to get his heart and son of a gun. All of a sudden, you know, 
I worked for a number of years in the ER and I did a lot of the trauma work and folks would come in and someone had either passed on or they were working on them hoping to save them and I'd be working with the family and at first it was kind of like and then I found I couldn't stop crying along with them and at first I thought it was a weakness now I realized after some of the families talked to me what a blessing it was that they knew there was someone that was there and cared but when you get closer to the heart of God when you begin to have his heart you begin to see as he does you begin to weep for a lost and hurting world it just tears you right apart and so with that being the case I found that the most important thing is not to learn about prayer though that's important and honestly if anyone feels they're called to be an intercessor that lady right there has probably forgotten more about intercession than I'll ever know she is just amazing we had I remember we had one lady who was battling COVID pneumonia very similar to what my daughter had and I'm very faithful I'll get up in the morning and when the you don't move the house you can generally walk through it without the lights on well I got into the room where we pray and I nearly stumbled and fell over she'd been up all night face down interceding for somebody because God had just laid that on her heart and that's what she did I have to tell you this Saturday I'm being blessed I'm celebrating 40 years with this beautiful woman move the slide ah this is the fun part now I love the fact that you know pastor told me you're going to preach on prayer and fasting and I'm like me fasting <laughs> and I, I do you know to that I, I do I frequently in the morning doing prayer time and afterwards I will fast breakfast and you know anytime with a specific prayer need I will fast a meal or a specific time and devote that time to prayer but generally speaking you know I was much more into the teachings of Paul that we need to physically buffet our bodies and that started way back in the old country went to Peking Garden and for those of you online who are from the south down to Shoney's now that was a good buffet But I've worked, except for the cookies, worked to be very faithful this week. And, you know, fruits, vegetables, beans, lentils. I got to tell you, I got a can of lentil soup. That was probably as exciting as kissing your cousin. Oh. For those of you online, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I need to be more sensitive about things like that. So for any of you whose family tree looks like a pencil, please forgive me. Uh, but fasting, as it says here, I got to get back to this because if people keep laughing, they're going to think this is a comedy club or something. 
Fasting is abstaining from food. Certain foods are limiting our intake. But the benefits include shows our addiction to a certain food. Wednesday night, I'm sitting there and praising, and all of a sudden, I get this pain. It's, oh, my head, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, this is not a good time for a stroke. So, Father, just move whatever it was on. And then I stopped and remembered. It had been three days since I had any caffeine. For those of you who like your coffee and have stopped that for the period of prayer and fasting, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> A lot of amens on that one. But the other thing that it does is it makes us more aware of our surroundings. And we become more sensitive. Back when we were at Namand in one Sunday, I don't know, many years ago, during the last week of prayer and fasting, they said part of being a porter was we were also served in the usher role, and I was standing behind a gentleman, and Pastor Lindsay was praying. That woman can pray, by the way. Well, laid hands on this person and prayed, and the anointing, because she had been fasting and praying, the anointing was so strong, it knocked us both over. Thankfully for me, there was a chair like right behind me, and the guy didn't seem to mind landing in my lap, so it was all good. But I went, whoa. You see, there's a synergy when we focus and turn our lives from the things of the world to the things of God. And by doing that, it opens up a whole new area for us. They said prayer and fasting combined is a powerhouse. But it also shows us how much we need to have God in our lives. And now, as we continue on, we're in the next one yet? Here we go. Prayer and fasting are mainly about transforming us into the image of God. These three weeks are all about us. It's a very individual time. We come together corporately to support one another. We come together to encourage one another. But the real rubber meets the road is us and God. What we need to do, how we need to do it, what it is that we need to change. And it says... Transforming the image of God, it involves a struggle, and sometimes it's a true battle. You don't want to change your ways. You don't want to change the things in your lives that are holding you back from all that God has. Because as you begin to get that, you get an understanding that the biggest limit that you and I have on what God can do in our lives is us. Most of us are pretty much creatures of habit. We get up at a certain time, we eat a certain food, we go to work, we do our work there, we come home. There's a very much a habit in our lives in the way that things are done. And a lot of that is good and godly. But some of it really isn't. Or here's a key. You can be doing something that's good, but that's not necessarily godly. I mean, watching TV 
can be good, you can learn a lot. Uh, Mama Nancy is always a lot of the different folks. She was watching Benny Hen this morning, I believe, before we came in. And, you know, that helps to feed her and to teach her into what she's doing. Me, when I come home some days, I want to kick my feet up and watch Law and Order. Now, I know I've seen it 47 times, but there might have been something that I missed. But God talks to me about that. It's like, is that what you really want to get into your spirit? It's not that it's a bad program, but it's a worldly program. And so many times we want to just lay back because it's been a hard day and don't really focus on what it is we're allowing to come in. So God begins to pull that down. God begins to address that type of thing. And it's a struggle because let's be honest, you don't want to do it. There's a lot about the Christian walk that it's one foot after the other. Put your head down and you just do what you need to do. That's no fun. You don't get a high and everybody's singing la la la. You don't get any of that. It's like, okay, you're walking through. As scripture says, walking out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You need to take the steps that aren't comfortable, take the steps that, quite frankly, you prefer not to have to do, but you know what's going to be for your benefit. You know it's going to be just like this fasting. No, I really don't want to fast. I mean, if, if I could fast, ribs, um, yeah, ribs, especially those, brisket, uh, nice steak, everything. That's my idea of what we should fast. And, and, and I, I'll leave aside all the tofu and the beet loaf and the lentil soup for those whom it feels. But that's not necessarily going to help me to grow. Well, yeah, it will help me to grow, as you have seen. But that's not really God's highest and best in things. He wants us to be able to flow in things so that we can be more Christ-like. And it opens us to the heart of the Father. And let's go to our last one. This week, we've got some assignments for you. And I'd love to tell you it's going to be a warm, mushy, feel-good type of assignment. Probably not. Ask God to reveal strongholds in your life. What is it that's stopping you from having all that God wants you to have? You know, you, if there's certain things that you seem to constantly repeat, you're constantly in that place, you're constantly coming to God, like, God, I did it again. But you know what the beauty of it is? God doesn't say, <gasps> he says, did what again? Because when he forgives us, he says it separates our sin as far from the east to the west and remembers it no more. We remember it. It's like, when you've got something in your life that you do well with, and then all of a sudden, oh, again, and you get back in right stance, and you go, when you're doing well for a while, and then again, that's a stronghold. And for those very few of you who feel, I got it all together, I don't have any strongholds in my life, 
ask your wife or your husband. And there or your kids. Your kids never miss anything. You know, you're sure that you're doing something and the kids are completely clueless about it. And then all of a sudden you have an argument with the kid. and They say, well, at least I don't do blah, 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 blah. And you're like... So there are people who can help you identify what it is that you may be struggling with and you need to overcome. We have been taught that we need to hide our sin. Because after all, what do you mean we sin? We're Christians, we're believers. We never do anything wrong. Well, I for one am walking through the path and if you need further details, Mama Nancy's got plenty of dirt. But there's less and less every day. Because scripture says in 1 John 2, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who's a righteous one. And he is a perfect offering for our sins. So when we do it, we are forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. But if we keep on seeing the same thing and we haven't grown past it, it's like we'll go off and we hit that wall and we just keep hitting that wall. That needs more intervention. That needs more focus on what it is. And so often we address it and we kind of address it at a surface level. But a lot of these things in our lives that we just can't seem to shake because they've been there for years and years and years. And in many instances, well before we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we clear some out. Oh, wait a minute, I haven't got it all. We clear more out. Hmm. And we clear more out. And all of a sudden you realize that pool is filthy. And the only one that can completely cleanse that it's Jesus and the blood of Jesus. But you see, we have to be willing. There is so much that Jesus Christ can do to cleanse us, to get us through, whether it's struggles with your spouse, with your children, issues at work. For some guys, I know it's a temper. For other guys, you just need to stay off the internet and we'll leave it at that. For folks, Gossip so that you are more... Well, I need to tell you so that you'll be more informed about praying. That's gossip. Shut up. Submit it to God. If you need to gossip to somebody, gossip to God. See what he says. In Romans 3, it says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by faith. So what I want us to do as we prepare is to begin relying on the Holy Spirit. And this is really important. Get prayer support. You have crews. A church this size, you can't expect just one man to pastor all of it. I am so blessed. The crew that I have, oh, they're just awesome. And I can't wait for crews to start again because it's been a while and I miss meeting with them. But you know something? There's good support there. Your spouse, your friend, others can be a support. You 
knee together to do that because you're pulling out roots. And any of you who have ever tried to take out trees in a lot know what I'm talking about. Anything that's probably about this big around or larger for a tree, you ain't pulling out by hand. Just not going to happen. And most of the time what they do is they want to cut the roots, but the problem is the roots are still there. Sometimes you just need the steam shovel to get up under there and rip the whole thing out. For those of you who are gardeners, there's such thing as dandelions, which that taproot sometimes can go down three or four feet. And there was stuff in our lives that are three or four or four hundred feet deep. And it may seem to take forever to get out of it. Doesn't mean that we can't get it out, but it will come out. And if you've ever had to have something pulled out, now, as much as I asked them to shave me before they put the telemetry monitors on, they never do. Okay, you know, and I understand they got to do it. You know, when I'm saying to the guy in the ambulances, I'm, they, they're going, shave me first. He's like, right, save you first. So, if you've ever a guy and had to pull off one of those telemetry monitors, you know how much it hurts. When God is working and God is pulling and taking things, it's going to hurt. That's why we get prayer support. That's why we come to others. Because scripture again says in Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Your responsibility this week is twofold. Number one, to begin to ask God and those that are close to you, what is it that I need to do to get these strongholds, these things that are holding me back out of my life? And also find people that you're comfortable with that you can call for prayer support. You know, it can be as simple as, oh, you know, I'm struggling with this, or sometimes, this is killing me, pray for me, I gotta get through this. Those are some of the most heartfelt prayers because you know what? It is killing you. And the sooner we get it out of us, the better we're going to be able to function. I pray for each of you that God this week begins to work in these areas, but also begins to give you the vision of who you are and who he sees when he looks at you. Because you know something? Our picture of ourselves is pretty small, pretty deflated. But if you remember in Judges chapter 6, Gideon has got some wheat and he's in a wheat press and he's getting the chaff out and getting it all prepared and he's hiding it and he's looking around. The angel of the Lord doesn't say, hey wimp, stand up. What has he said? Arise, O mighty man of God. That's when God looks at you, he says, mighty man and mighty woman of God. Because he looks to your potential, not to where you are right now. So as we can pull this out of our lives, we can get victory. And when we come together on Monday night and Wednesday night and Friday night and Tuesday and Thursday mornings, those are times to rejoice in what God is doing in our lives. 
because you see without it we're not going to get any better things are going to stay the way they are it's like the story of the salesman who was sitting on a porch with a farmer and they were sitting and rocking and talking and every few minutes the old hound dog would howl and then lay back down and then it happened a couple of times and on the third time the guy turns to the farmer and goes what's up with the dog oh and the farmer says ah oh, He's laying on a nail. Okay. Well, why doesn't he move? Well, it doesn't hurt that much. Why don't we move? Because it doesn't hurt that much. I had a shake and a wake-up call that, you know what? We need to get our feet underneath us and push through the things that hurt that much. Because that's where we're going to see victory. That's where we're going to be rejoicing. That's where we're going to see the power of God move. And for some of you both here and in internet land, is that the term we use? We used to use TV land when I was growing up because the internet didn't come until I was like 30 some odd. I want to share one thing. A lot of people think, oh yeah, you know, I know about Jesus and yeah, I, I come to Jesus, but I, I got some things to do first. Nobody thought that at 36 years old, my daughter would be in heaven. 36. Life is fragile, folks. It's very fragile. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray with me because it's so important. Nancy and I got to spend the last couple of hours with Becca before she passed. We had praise and worship music on. We were praying for her. And literally, and I'll get through this, we could feel her being ushered into the presence of Jesus. And that was such a touching moment for us and one I'll always have. But what if she didn't know Jesus? Could you think the thought of your child in hell because you didn't share or you didn't say yes? I want you folks to pray with me. Father, we love you so much. And Lord, I ask that you take me just as I am with all my bumps, bruises, and imperfections. Lord Jesus, forgive my sin. Welcome me into your family and help me to walk in the fullness of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And for those of you who are struggling and wondering what strongholds do I have, how am I ever going to get through this, I invite you now to come to the altar. And the altar prayer team will pray with you and help you through that. So, Father, I want to speak the blessing upon those who are in their way. We thank you, Father, that they are blessed coming in and blessed going out. That you continue to meet all their needs. That your face shines upon them. And that the peace that passes all understanding will keep their hearts and minds and the knowledge and love of God. 
We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.